This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Okay, so we're going to be talking about David and Abigail, and I'm going to tell you the story. We find it in 1 Samuel 25. And what happens is, is there are three characters in the story. We have Nabal, we have David, and we have Abigail. And what happens is Nabal is this wealthy man that owns, owns many sheep, he owns many goats, he owns a whole lot of stuff, and he has, he, the main thing is that he, is, uh, he has these sheep, 3,000 sheep, and he has shepherds that are out looking after the sheep, and David and his men would watch over those shepherds. David and his mighty men would watch over them, and they, he would, they, they would protect them. But Nabal was this bad-tempered, horrible, foul man. He was... Um, We're going to learn a little bit more about him as we go, but he was really a horrible man. And what Nabal's servant says about David is this. He says, yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us, and the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, they they were a wall around us. The whole time we were herding our sheep near them. And now it was sheep shearing time, and what they would do is they would hold big feasts during this time. So Nabal was holding this big feast, and David sent some of his men to, to Nabal to ask, can we have some of the feast? Whatever you feel in your heart to give us, would you give us some of that feast? And Nabal's response is this, shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed that I have killed for my sharers and give it to men who come from I don't know where. And he insults David and he refuses to give him or his men anything. Now David is infuriated with Nabal and he decides, he says to his men, strap on your swords. We are going to take this man out. We are going to take his family out and we are going to just demolish the lot. But one of the servants hears about this and goes to Nabal's wife, Abigail, who is this intelligent and beautiful woman. And this is what Abigail does. And I'm going to read from 1 Samuel 25. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two, wine, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seas of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Have any of you ever, any, any ladies that have done this for a family? <laughs> when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests, but I never even saw the young man men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I've offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. 
Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling when the Lord has done all he has promised and he has made you as leader of Israel. Don't let let this be a blemish on your record, then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David responds with this. Bless you for keeping me from murder and carrying out vengeance with my own hands. Now I wanted to read this. because it's important for us to know the story. And I wanna encourage you, we need to know the scriptures. We need to be spending time knowing what the word of God is saying. So what happens after this is Abigail, she goes home and Nabal is drunk. He's had a big party and he's drunk and she chooses not to tell him about what happened that night, but waits until morning. And when she tells Nabal in the morning, his heart becomes hard. And a few days later, the Lord strikes him and he dies. And then David goes and he marries Abigail. And now I want us to look at the characters in the story and I wanna see if we can identify with any of these characters. So let us look at Nabal. Nabal, this ill-tempered man, this proud man, this man that is not aware of what people are doing for him. He's not aware of the fact that there are people that are looking after his shepherds. He's not aware of what his wife is doing for him on his behalf. He's not aware. And even a servant of his says, he's such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Then we look at David, this godly man, okay? He's this godly man, but he chooses to take matters into his own hands. He hits a place where he doesn't allow God to fight his battles, and he says, I'm going to fight this battle myself. He forgets that the Lord will fight for him, and he forgets his identity. Then we see Abigail, this intelligent, beautiful woman, humble. She puts her life in danger for the sake of her family, for the sake of this wicked husband of hers. She calls David higher. She reminds David of who he is. She humbles herself. She serves. She goes out of her way to, to, produce, to, to make, bring all the stuff together as a gift for David and his men. She has a servant heart. She's an encourager. Max Lucado says this. He says, a woman in a man-dominated world, weaponless in a sword-rattling world, beautiful in a materialistic, utilitarian world. So who can you identify with in the story? I identify with Nabal, firstly, because I too can become proud. I too can hit stages in my life where I think that it's because of what I have done that I own what I own. And I become close-handed. And I think that it's because of, of all my hard work that I have what I have. And so I'm not open-handed. I too can become self-centered, looking only to myself. So I too can be just like Nabal. And when I'm inward focused, that's when I don't notice what other people are doing for me. I don't notice all the help that God is sending me. So I too can be like Nabal. I too can be like David. 
I too take matters into my own hands and I want to fight for myself. When someone hurts me or offends me, I, I struggle to allow the Lord to fight that battle. Do you identify with Nabal? Do you identify with David? Nabal says this, Shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my sharers? In Deuteronomy 8 from verse 17 it says this, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and my might and the strength of my hands have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, and it is he that will confirm his covenant with you. Are you like Nabal that believes that what you own is because of the work of your own hands, or is it because God has given you the ability to produce wealth? Husbands, are you aware of what your wives are busy with? The way Nabal wasn't even aware of what his wife was doing. But wives, I will get to you in a minute. <laughs> We're warming up. But what can we learn from David? We can learn that when he's confronted, he takes the correction. He's repentant. And we need to learn the power of repentance. When people come, we need to be able to take correction from others. And when it comes to David, I too need others to remind me of my identity, to remind me to choose my battles, to remind me to only allow the Lord to fight for me and not to fight for myself. I need to remember whose I am and who I'm called to be. Because what happens when we fight battles that are not ours to fight is that we end up doing things that we're not called to do. And I want to speak to you about your call as a believer this morning. In Ephesians 4, from verse 1, it says this, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Eugene Peterson says this about Abigail. He says, when, this is in his own words, what Abigail said when she got to David. She said, please, please, please don't do this. This isn't an action worthy of the Prince of Israel. Remember who you are. Remember you are God's anointed. God, remember God's mercy. Don't stoop to fighting grudge battles. Your task is to fight the battles of the Lord. How many times do we stoop to fighting grudge battles when we're called to fight the battles of the Lord. And I find myself doing that, wanting to confront situations that I'm not called to confront when I need to allow the Lord to fight for me. I can identify with Abigail. So, so wives, I want to ask you, 
How much can you identify with her? Well, I say I can identify with her, but I also can't identify with her. Because I'm married to a godly man. I'm married to someone that fears the Lord. I'm married to someone that loves the Lord. I'm married to a God-fearing man that serves and is very much aware of what I'm busy with. But I can identify with her in that sometimes I've had to stand in the gap for others, the way she stood in the gap. I've had to stand in the gap for my family, stand in the gap for praying for my husband, stand in the gap for, for neighbors and friends by praying for them, by interceding for them. So wives, I want to ask you, you look and you say, but you are married to a godly man. But I maybe am married to someone that's a bit more like Nabal. So do you want to learn from Abigail this morning? And in 1 Peter 3, it says this from verse 1. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words without any words, <laughs> they will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Abigail challenges me. And I want to speak to you wives this morning. I experienced, or we experienced, a great shift in our marriage when I had this revelation of submission. And this is what the Lord showed me, okay? And the wives are going to be able to identify with this. I'm on this mission, and I'm following God, and I'm following after God's own heart, but my husband is not leading me, and I'm crying out to the Lord, and I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, when will this man lead me? When will he lead me in prayer? When? And the Lord says, if you want him to lead you, then follow him. And that was the change in our marriage when I realized that my mission comes into mission with my husband's, and that is submission. We're on mission together. On mission together. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Nabal's words were harsh. Abigail's words were soft. And as wives... Let's trust that our words would be soft. But as husbands, trust that your words would be soft. Church, let us trust that our words would be soft and seasoned with salt, that our conversations would be seasoned with salt so that the world starts to thirst for Jesus. Now going back to Abigail and why she challenges me, is that she stands in the gap for this ungodly man. And what is she a picture of? She's a picture of Jesus to us. And we see this in Romans 5. It says, when we were utterly helpless, do you ever feel utterly helpless? Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's what Jesus did for us. 
the same way, the way Abigail, in 1 Samuel 25, she says, she fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he stood and said, I accept all blame. That's what Jesus said. I accept your blame. I'm taking your shame and I'm putting it on myself. I'm taking your sin and I'm putting it on myself. I accept all blame. There's no more blame against you. There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. You are no longer condemned. I accept all blame. Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 5. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, that he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Jesus Christ stood in the gap for you. Jesus Christ stood in the gap and he said, I'm taking your, I'm paying for you at his, at, for a price. I paid for you with a price. The price of my blood. You are no longer your own. I have bought you. You are mine. But then in 1 John 3.16, it says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So we are called to stand in the gap, to continue to intercede, continue to intercede for your spouse, continue to intercede for your children, Continue to intercede for your family, to intercede for your friends, to intercede for our city, to intercede for our nation, to intercede for this world, that people will come to know Jesus. Let's stand in the gap for those that don't deserve it, like Nabal. In 1 Peter 2, I'm going to, it's, what Peter does is he takes the scripture from Isaiah 53 and he, he, he repeats it. And I, that's why I want to read it again, because I want it to sink in. It says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Will you hand your cases over to the Lord who judges fairly.
Don't stoop to fight battles that are not worth fighting. And I want us this morning, I want to ask you, will you repent? Will you repent for being like Nabal? For being proud and saying, it is because of the wealth of my hands I have produced this wealth and you've become closed-handed. Will you repent for allowing your heart to become hard? Will you repent for fighting for yourself and not trusting the Lord to fight your battles for you? Husbands, will you repent? Wives, will you repent? God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And the beauty of repentance is that God, it's all repentance is. You know, when you say the word repent in church, <gasps> repentance is, Jesus, I can't, but you can. Jesus, I can't be a good husband. Please, I surrender, empower me. That's what grace is. Grace is empowering. Grace is sufficient. So when you humble yourself and say, I can't, Jesus, I need you. I need you to enter. I need you to come and step into my marriage. I'm standing in the gap, but me standing in the gap, the scriptures say that Jesus is making intercession for us right now. So when I say, Lord Jesus, I'm choosing to humble myself, it's not like I'm standing in the gap anymore, it's him standing in the gap in my place. Because it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ. And he's saying, I will stand in the gap for your marriage. I will stand in the gap for your children. I will stand in the gap for the things that you're struggling to fight, those battles that you have been crying, that you've been struggling with. I will stand in the gap. So I want to ask you this morning, if you feel there's any area where you need to be empowered by him, and you know what the area is, and you're going to say, I surrender, and I am coming forward this morning, and I'm saying, Lord, forgive me for fighting my own battles. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you, Jesus, to fight my battles for me. And if that is you, would you stand with me and say, Jesus, I'm choosing today and asking for your sufficient grace. Now, each and every one of you knows why you are standing. Just see the Lord and give him your pride. Give him your marriage. Give him your business. Give him your children. Give him your parents. Now I want you to give him every person that you have those grudges against in your heart.
where you have been stooping to fight battles of this world, would you surrender those people to him this morning? Now, I want to ask those of you that don't know Jesus, that have never, perhaps you feel like you're a good person, but would you compare yourself to God for a moment? And if God is the definition of good, do you claim that you are still good enough? But guess what? You don't have to be good enough because Jesus is the only person that has walked on this planet that lived a completely sinless and righteous life and then he died in your place and he took your sin upon himself and he conquered death and he overcame sin so that you can be washed clean if you want to give your heart to Jesus this morning, I want to invite you to come to the front. Come to the front. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.